Hi, my name is Anamika Hops, and this is The Art Friend Show, where every conversation focuses on getting to know the essence of creativity itself. I'd love to invite you as well to join me inside of Art Friend School, where we go deeper into these topics and join in with other art friends around the world. Thanks so much for joining us, and let's get to the show. Hi, it's Mika Hops aka Anamika, and I'm an artist in Portland, Oregon. I'm doing a 100-day project where we have an art interview, an art friend interview every day. And there, I needed to mute you as well, Karina. So today we are going to have a guest who is an artist also in Portland. And what's super fun and exciting is that she and I have never met. Um, we've like flirted on Instagram for a couple years, but she reached out to me and she said, hey, do you have a guest today? And I said, no, and here we are. So we're gonna get to know each other during this chat. And I'm going to invite her in to join us now. And so let me see, there you are, I found you. So let me see how to ask you to actually join it. And this is Corinna Buckles, and her business name is Hiddix. Welcome. Hi, Hi. Oh. there you are. Hello. We're right across the river from each other yep. on a snowy, snowy, slushy day. So this is really fun. Thank you so much for, for coming. We come over near you to um, walk our dog at the, the water park down there. The dog park is pretty awesome. What kind of dog do you have? She is scratching at my door. She's a 50 pound um, Texas rescue mutt. Oh my Hound gosh, awesome. Thing. So. Cool. Yeah, that river beach is actually pretty much why I moved to this neighborhood because um, the dog loved it. And then, you know, once I had a child, I was constantly driving down here for the epic dog walk and playground and then um, my husband at the time and I said, well, let's live exactly where it's best for both these little ones. And I feel like I could live here in Selwood for the rest of my days. It's, it's a great place to be based. It's nice. I like that neighborhood. Yeah. You live in a beautiful part of Portland too, in Hillsdale. I love that. Too. It's, um, we moved here for schools. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's this good, good, couple of good schools over here. So. Oh, good. Um, we could oh, yeah. chat about schools maybe later. Oh, that's true. I, my, but you're getting close to yeah, that. Yeah, you're about that. a decade ahead mm -hmm. of me on the age of our kids. So so without further ado, your company is called Pitix, yep. and you have been a full-time artist paying bills with many different art things for 16 years. I'd love to just ask you to share a bit about some of your revenue streams mm -hmm. for those of us who are curious how you've made it work, and then we'll go from there. Yay. Um, I, let's see, I started when my oldest son, who just turned 16, I was working at the Rebuilding Center, if you know. Oh, yeah. um, so I was, I was there for six or seven years. It's a nonprofit building reuse center. Um, and I went on maternity leave with my oldest son and um, was bored. And so I was like, oh, I'll sell on this random thing called Etsy that just started. Um, oh my gosh, right. Wow. <laughs> Those are the days, yeah. And I was like seller number 45,000 or something like 45739 um, wow. was my number. Um, and I think I sold some hats on there and some jewelry. And then I was like, I don't like shipping. And so one right? and so one day I um, 
I had scanned, I like old stuff. So I had scanned some photos I had gotten at an estate sale that they were gonna throw away. Um, and I put it online as a digital download. Um, and there were four people selling digital downloads on Etsy at the time. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, this is a thing. And then I walked our, our last dog um, and like, I don't know. By the time I got back, I had it sold. And I was like, well, this is exciting. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I sold digital collage sheets and I was one of the top 10 handmade sellers um, on Etsy for about four or five years. Awesome. So they were like printables? like. Basically, I'm trying to think if I have any examples, but like imagine like an eight and a half by 11 inch sheet of um, circles. Yeah. Um, and you'd, you'd buy it for like $3. Um, and then if you were making or like if you were making Scrabble tiles, like these would be all be like, like 70 Santa faces. Um, oh, wow. Vintage stuff. All wow. on cool. one sheet and for three bucks you could download it and then you print it at home and then you cut it out and you, it was, um, like you knew it was safe for copyright and it was already sized and the coloring was already done and it was three bucks. Um, you are a genius. This sounds so awesome. And what a time to get in on that at the beginning of Etsy before everybody and their grandma were selling downloads. That's amazing. That's the trick with, um, I guess anything you're always like, Ooh, can I be the first on Pinterest or TikTok or whatever it is? Um, so yeah. sometimes you get lucky with some things. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Wow. Cool. What other, um, you mentioned, so before this interview, I, we meet in the Zoom room and, and chat a little bit to prepare. And you mentioned, you said, I make all my money on Santas and birds, yeah. but I have to do other stuff to keep myself going. So can you tell me a little bit about that in your art making? So um, back, you know, 16 years ago, there's probably 20 things I've done. Um, so Etsy, selling prints, um, selling on like flash sales. Uh, and then the big one, so I used to say it was like a shotgun. I was like, I'll try anything. I'll try a membership. I'll try this, I'll try this. Yeah. And I was like, if somebody could just, especially when I first started, like if somebody could just tell me, like pick this one thing, like please somebody, like that's what I was like, that's all I need and I'll do it. Um, right? <laughs> and then I figured it out, like, but it took 10 years and I was like, this is it. And so um, the big thing I do is licensing. Um, so that that's, that's the bread and butter. I have an awesome agent. Um, I've been with her 12 years now. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I go to I travel around the country um, with a scanner and I go to different archives and I scan vintage imagery and then I check it for copyright. There's a good like law firm in town. Um, SBA does some good stuff, small business association. And then I take wow. The birds, cool. the birds and the Santas are the ones that like, yeah, that pay the bills. Um, wow. And then, yes. And then I need something to not go crazy because um, birds and Santas are awesome, but sometimes I just need to mess around with stuff. So yeah, yeah that was my question when you were like, do you have any question? I was like, how do I make this trip? Yeah. So I'm not, um, I'm, I'm not a, like a, like my, both of my kids draw way better than me. Um, I can't like draw a face and make it look like a face. Um, ah, but okay. I can like play. Um, so I'm just playing with, I have to play with other things um, instead of just like restoring Santa's pixel by pixel and making them look not drunk yes. from the 50s. And can we, for a moment, like, can I hug and hold what you just said on behalf of everyone who's ever said, 
well, I can't draw, so how could I possibly be? Like, here you are supporting, you're working full-time as an artist for 16 years and telling me, you know, my kids draw perhaps faces better than me or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Like, wow, wow. So, and I, I didn't hear you discounting yourself as an artist or anything, but as a, you know, as a human and, and, and art teacher for so long, I've heard that be like a stopping point for so many people. Mm -hmm. So... Thanks for letting me just kind of like hold that up. Like however we create, there's ways to utilize that. And you're you're innovating. And so right now you're wanting to figure out how to make better drippies with watercolor. Yes, I, I am. How I found you originally is I went on a watercolor ret retreat with um, Mady and Faith. That's so, okay. I, what a small, I was literally just texting with Mady and Lily this morning. And I was like, does anyone want to come on my roommate? Really? Oh yes. my God, I love her. Okay, I know how much fun you had. I love her. Okay, so please tell me about your watercolor. I love Faith. Oh, no, they're all awesome. so lovely. Yeah. So I went on this retreat yeah. for fun, and um, there was like 12 of us, and like we'd all make these like sunsets and flowers, and like mine were always like, and I don't mean this to sound like, oh, please tell me I'm good, but like mine were the worst, like 100%. Like, not not a not a question the worst um but i was so happy just like messing around and i i didn't care yeah i was like i'm gonna put this on here let's try this and like we even tried like let's stick some clay on there like no that looks horrible so i oh, messed that's around cool. yeah and some of the ones i brought back have been licensed so i'm like like it's like i mean that's part of the thing is like there were people like every single person there like whether they worked at like a like a supermarket or were an artist or like came because their sister, you know, wanted them to come and they had never painted before. Like, they were all way better, like, at making it look right. Mm -hmm. um, and so my, like, super weird, like, splotchy things, I'm like, I'm... So, yeah, so there's a lot of it that's um, having an agent or just putting it out there. You know, you know how to get it out there. I'm like, dude, this is, that's, that's the sauce. That's so cool. Yeah, even if it doesn't look like the perfect thing you were learning how to create or whatever um do you want to experiment with yes strippies a bit okay. yes let okay. me look at let me look at my notes here is there oh do you have anything you'd like to invite people in on or a project i'm gonna then put away my like interviewer notebook and grab my watercolor paper Yay. and you can play so no. the notes. all right i'm in the um you know the make arts that sells class i'm in the home decor one so i'm trying to make oh cool like, with lilla yeah with colors and stuff so i'm trying to oh, cool. make something work so yeah anybody that's my my request if anybody knows how to make watercolor drippies find me and like send me a, a message because or okay. it's like skillshare or something yeah so um what first of all what type of watercolors do you have all right i have like 47 million and most the ones i'm using right now are from scrap okay so cool these are like cheapies yes and then I also got like, then I've got some like little tiny expensive ones that I oh, got. Yeah. For, um, yeah. I've been framed. I, you know them? I do. Oh my gosh. You know both of the local, that's so amazing. For those of you who are just joining, um, we're both Portland, Oregon artists, but we're just meeting in this conversation. And so we are about to figure out how to make better, like more pigmented, I assume, watercolor drippies. Um, and, um, my guest is a licensing artist and has tried 20 different revenue streams over 
16 years professionally and um, yeah, we're kind of also crowdsourcing. If you know how to make really good drippies, let us know. Um, one question I wanted to ask you, because mm -hmm. as I asked, what watercolors are you using? Yep. It looks like both of us are using kind of the type that are um, in a binder so that they're able to become solid and live in a little travel kit. But, you know, there are other watercolors that actually come in like a dropper. Do you have any of those types? No, I don't have any do of you those. Know, do you know about those? Like in a tube or like more like ink? Like ink. No, Why? I think Lily like has some. Uh, yes. Okay, cool. I always love it when like we don't know it exists on planet Earth, but then you do. So watercolor, right? Just like anything, it's just like pigment in a binder. And they actually make it where it's liquid. I think I have. Be all drippy. Like, uh, I don't know if I have. I don't personally have that type of watercolor, but I I know you can get it. And so that might be a place to check it out. It's kind of like, um, these, these are acrylic inks, right? These are not watercolors. Okay. But they make like this, but watercolor. Could, yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I need to go, um, so I've been framed as trades. Have you ever, um, so I have a bunch of stuff I need to bring them. Oh, Maybe that's amazing. For, for like old unused supplies and stuff? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you know, when you start that project and you're like, I don't, why do I have this in my corner still? I need to get rid of it. If you bring it in, they'll give you credit. And then, um, and then, yeah, then you get credit at the store. Oh my God. I know. So I haven't been there in a while. I used to live like walking distance from it. And when I first started my studio in 2013, I was like teaching a lot of, you know, and providing all their supplies and they saved my booty because they would have like they would buy out people's studios mm -hmm. or buy out their old supplies and then you could buy 10 of something for super cheap but I didn't realize that I could just build up store credit there oh I do that at like artifact the vintage thrift shop <gasps> on uh, division do you know about it no <gasps> okay so <laughs> these are my go-to's so Artifact is, yep. and and also um, the Village Merchants. Okay. They're two thrift shops, and they're just a, maybe like five or six blocks apart on Division. And they both take your stuff. They'll buy your stuff from you, and they'll give you trade credit oh. or cash. But I always get trade. And then you have like a, then you can get your stuff there. Oh, that's your awesome. home goods. I got my kitchen couch at Artifact. I'm getting a little distracted from our watercolor, but this. Oh, nice. Like I, you know, I like bought it with like other stuff. When it was moving. Um, okay, shall we attempt drippies? Okay, drippies. Okay. Yes. So what I do right now yeah. is like I put color on the top with water, and then I like shake it and shake it and shake it, and I can't get it to come like get stuck. So that's okay. Like here, like here's a sad attempt at drippies. It just kind of oh. like keeps going down. Yeah, so it's really kind of um, bleeding. Like it's kind of like soaking into the paper. Yes, it like stops on the paper and it doesn't go anymore. Yeah. Or down. So a couple of other ideas. I love brainstorming this stuff. Do you have like a spray a spritzer? Yes. A sprayer? Downstairs. Okay. Yep. Got that. Okay. I feel like it's I feel like it's 
wanting to have like more densely concentrated pigment already in the like before you attempt to have it drip maybe right. so here's like here's like paper with water and then yeah. i go come down and then i shake it and it just kind of like it won't let's see here i'll get a bunch on there are you wanting it to look like a like distinct drips like lines yes it's like three crazy lines coming down okay okay, lines. okay 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 so let's not get the paper wet let's start with dry okay. paper we have a different piece of paper and yeah. let's make like a, let's make you like a dense little pot of watercolor so with your color do you have um i don't know like a bottle cap or some sort of small vessel i'm gonna go dig in my recycling yes Okay. All right. Okay, cool. So let's put a small amount of water into it. Oops, that's my drinking water. <laughs> Classic. You would think this would help because it definitely doesn't look. Okay, here we go. And let's, like, not a ton. I'm just doing, like, maybe a tablespoon of water. Okay. And then let's just really dig into the color. And of all your watercolors, which one's the best quality? This little guy that I got from my bin frame. I think it's this one. Okay, cool. So that's going to give us the most pigment. Okay. It's kind of why, you know, like why cheap paints are cheaper is they're often either lower quality pigments themselves or just kind of more binder like not as much color per it's not like a blanket rule as you know and i'm saying this of course for other people who are learning but um so yeah just kind of get like the the like richest one and we're going to try to make a mix that's pretty pigmented and then just use that to carry itself as drips right. Right. so i'm going to dig into a blue color as well over here on my palette Maybe I'll switch this. You can see. I don't know if that's gonna work for people. Here, because I still kind of want to see you. Nice. I guess I can see you on the Zoom. Okay. So I'm gonna just yeah really get a lot of pigment. Maybe this is even too much water. Even less water. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. I've got it good. Let me see. Oh, here. Carly says try it on dry paper. Yay. Okay. That's what we're going to do. Yay, I'm glad that the Ask the Audience is um, in agreement. I'll show you what I what I do and then what happens, what goes wrong. So I go like this, and then it's like, it just kind of sits there. And I'm like, uh, oh. come down. Okay. Like, all like. Yeah, I'm um, bad and weird. I, so is it dripping too fast? It Do you want it to just be more saturated with color the whole time it drips? I want it to drip straight down. 
straight down. Okay. And that gets stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See? What about... It, it likes a little... Uh, here, let me put something on my carpet for all the drips. Okay. It just, it keeps going down the same... Oh, it follows its own little rivulet? Yep. Yeah. So give it another little path. Just kind of, yeah. And then blow on it gently. Don't shake. Maybe don't no shake. No shake. Don't shaking. shake. Yeah. Maybe a hair dryer, somebody I, says. Okay. Oh, hair dryer. Um, I've found that not this one with the wide mist, but uh, with a more directed mist. Mm -hmm. But try blow. Try blow. Do you have a straw? Probably. Let's try a straw. I'm going to go get a straw. All right. I'm going to blow while she's gone. See what happens. Type of paper will also matter. Some are more absorbent than others. Okay, that was my question, too. Is like, should I go with the cheap, cheap paper or the, like, super thick watercolor? Because I was wondering if, like, the super thick watercolor just, like, sucks it up. Yeah. And well, that's why it doesn't keep going down. Well... And I'm not a watercolor expert, but cold press, cold press paper might be um, different than hot press. Let me see right now, because they have a different surface texture. This one is cold pressed that I have, and it's really like absorbent. And I think hot press has a little bit slicker finish. Let me see if I have any over here. Um, paper will absorb it more. Oh. All right. What did they say? They said cheap paper will absorb more. I thought it'd be the opposite. Okay, so here's I one. Think, that honestly, I think like each type of paper, much like each tube of paint, has a personality, and it's a bit of trial and trial and error. Our, oh, Ruth Armitage says arches. Hi, Ruth. Has a nice sizing that helps it stay on the surface a bit more. So, yeah, it's. Let's see. I don't, I don't know what sizing is. Is that, I'm guessing that's a it's like painting a, term? Yeah. So sizing is a um, application of some kind of preparatory solution or chemical oh. to help the paper hey, um, be ready to paint on. So it's, I, I don't know exactly what it's made out of, but I think of sizing as almost like a clear liquid applied during paper making process okay. to make it ready to rock. Yeah, this is fun. Watercolor and paper, working on paper are definitely not my norm. Um, okay. oh, do you ever go to the bins? Never. Um, no. It, it takes a certain type of person um, to like the bins. Yeah, I. That's paper like, Okay. I want. Do you go? Oh yeah, I go all the time, and I get paper because um, it's by the pound. So if like somebody oh is like, yeah really really expensive watercolor paper in a pad you can get it for like a dollar because wow. it's all by the pound um wow. so i have a really for the stuff that i'm just messing around with and playing with yeah um, all right it's starting to do something let's see this is, this is, <gasps> look look at that this, okay so whoever said to use the kind of nicer thicker paper it's doing mm -hmm. something so that might be yeah do you have a did you did you find a straw i did not Go look for a straw. Okay. But here, I if wonder, you give me a second. I will go grab a straw. Because I wonder if you can just be really directive with it. And also, if you don't have to move it around, like if you have it kind of right in front of you and you can really 
control it. Okay. Here, somebody said, I don't know if you caught my comment. So, ooh, I've never done this before. Now I'm looking at all the comments. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I didn't. I haven't been looking at most of the comments. It's a Let lot. Me... Thank you for commenting. Hair dryer. Hair dryer. Type of paper. Pigment will always go where there's water and not beyond, except for blowing. Cheaper paper absorbs more. Add water where you want the color and then draw the pigment down into a drip. Ooh, like a thin line of, oh, ooh, I wonder if you could use like a really thin liner brush and, <gasps> and you know, kind of score it with wet yeah. so that it ah. follows that. Make sure or you can, exactly if you where want I want it, it to be. Do you want it stick? straight or a little bit organic a little bit organic i'll tell you um so what i'm trying to do have you played with ai stuff at all no so i know yet. i know it's a big issue in a lot of um the world but um over christmas oh look it's working okay <gasps> i drew oh look at that look at that, look at that. it's following the little drip look at that it's following where you want it to go there it goes that's so exciting Exciting. And then exciting. you can stop it. You can always stop it. Yeah, yeah, like get rid of the water and say like, that's enough. Yeah, or you can just put it down flat so it can't flow any. Or I guess it would still wick across the water. Oh, this is good. Kind of making it go back now. There you go. Oh, that's exactly. Oh, yay. Okay, so I used breakthrough a little <laughs> tiny brush and kind of I was like, this is where I wanted to go. Yeah. Okay. Pigment and water. Let's see. Hot press. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that works. Oh my God. You figured it out. Do you want to do another one? Um, and just yes. kind of summarize, summarize what you've learned. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's so cool. Here's it's so, so cool. Are you ready? Yeah. Here's the first sad one that was, Oh, Nicole's on and she's got, um, she is the watercolor queen too. So probably oh, fabulous. trying to make the drip. And these are the sad ones from okay. putting water on the top and then like, kind of just shaking it okay they weren't doing what you wanted and it's a thinner like a flatter paper okay so and then i went with like kind of a rougher thicker watercolor paper mm -hmm. and then the big breakthrough was taking the little brush and kind of saying i want you to go there the guideline the literally a guideline and then taking the dark water and seeing if I can make it there. <gasps> See? Yay! That's amazing. And for anyone just joining, we also made a more pigmented mixture so that we weren't just relying on the paint on the paper to do the drip. We were actually kind of creating the drip, like um, the value or the relative lighter darkness of the of the paint itself, so that it could have like that bold dark blue drip line. This is so exciting. I'm so happy you figured out how to do drippies. As you, we were talking about like not being able to draw. That was my first, um, like I made a pattern. I was like, okay, I figured out splotches yeah. and I figured out like, like I was like, okay, you have to do this and this and this. So that's like my level of <laughs> comfort. I was like, I can make dots, but I haven't figured out drips yet. So now I've got drips. I so. thought you figured out drips. That is that is wonderful, Karina. Oh my God. Yay. <laughs> Thank you all for your help. Yeah, this, this was so fun. This is the miracle of, of uh, hanging out with other artists, right? right? We, we, we all help each other out. And um, I am, I'm so excited. Now I wanna go do some drippies in acrylic on the painting that I'm gonna work on this afternoon. 
you're inspiring me. Those feel like so, oh my gosh. Back in the day, um, I took Flora's class. Um, big on drips. Yeah, and I was not into drips before that. And I feel like it was like the drippy epiphany. And then I saw it, I saw it in like Kelly Ray's work. Mm -hmm. And like, I just thought like, it's like once you know the drip, once you see them, you see them like everywhere, but they're so, they're such an amazing kind of alchemy of uncontrolled uh, movement of paint. I love like ways of moving paint that aren't necessarily drawing or hand painting, like different you know, scraping, or I've been into puddling, paint, mm -hmm. you know, um, mark making, so, yeah, smashing things, yeah, yeah, exactly. You would think that drips would be because of that. You think drips would be easier to make because <laughs> it seems so organic and natural. But I'm like, this is not working. There is such an art to drippies, and as we learn, drippies, it depends on the surface texture and the sizing on your paper, meaning like the different glue or compounds that are on the paper and how absorbent it is and what it's like for the paint to roll across. And it depends on the quality of your paint and how much pigment is there to flow and how you're able to control it or guide it or whatever. So, yeah, it's so cool. Oh my gosh. Um, well, is there anything you'd like to invite people into your world about, you know, um, do you do, classes or do you have an email list or do you really excited about a certain thing you're about to launch or stuff like that? I'm just kind of keeping on keeping on. I've, um, yeah. I'm in a good groove. Um, cool. So if anybody wants his questions about um, other things, copyright, old images, all those kind of things. Um, yeah. I'm, um, I am, uh, I remember talking to my agent long ago. Um, and she's like, I would rather, she said this, she's like, I'd rather be, um, I'd rather pay for my kids' college <laughs> than, um, than be, uh, you know, front and center everywhere with my face. Um, so I was like, yes, brilliant. <laughs> so yeah. I know there's a ton of um, good things that come from having like high Instagram followers and all that kind of stuff. But um, I'm not there at the moment. I'm just kind of doing my thing and yeah. yeah. Do you feel like you're in a place that you that that you like? Is there anything you're it, when you're saying that you're saying like, I suppose what I'm hearing is you've found a sustainable success over 16 years, and you don't have your face all over the place, but you're like, licensing and have this really dialed in multifaceted art practice. Does that feel like, 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 how is your world as an artist? Does it feel like you've arrived and you're in a good groove? Is there anything you're kind of reaching towards or, or do desire? I'm, I feel really good. Mm -hmm. I spent like, I don't know, five or 10 years, maybe 10 years. Like, you know, the like, so my, my schedule was like, you know, 10 p.m. till 4 a.m. schedule. Um, cause like once the kids are asleep then you work and you work all the time and you're like putting in your 10,000 hours and you're trying everything. You're like, I'm going to try Etsy. I'm going to try printing things. I'm going to make bracelets and sell them at a craft fair. Cause maybe yeah. that'll be it. And then you're just like trying and trying and trying. Um, and then, yeah, then the 10 years paid off. So I don't know if there's a, <laughs> there's extra shortcuts. That, no, I, I, I think every one of us, we have our 
equivalent of that. I feel like I'm in another, I'm in that right now. I'm like, dude, I've been doing this professionally, like in this particular way for 10 years, but you know, I've been teaching since forever. I, you know, Does it feel like I went to good? Well, but what I'm saying is I actually feel like I'm still in my 10,000 hours. Okay. I'm in this new, I'm in this new era of like, what, what's going to work right now? Yeah. Um, you know, having gone through a divorce in the last year and like, I've been supporting myself and running a business, but I mean, my partner was also making, you know, six figures and like that it's a very different reality being, um, completely self-sustaining and looking towards retirement and raising my kid in her college and everything. And I'm like, I have so much, I have so much to give and share. This feels like innately the place doesn't make sense for me to do a career pivot right now, but like, I actually don't feel like I have it all figured out. Like there's something greater that I want to step into and I'm hungry for it. And I'm doing the waking up at 5 a.m. and working and, you know, like trying to make it happen. Um, so hustling. Yeah, I'm hustling. I'm hustling because right now, like there's an, it's like whatever is coming next is being born. Like, and so this project seems to be, it's like, it's it's definitely already feeling like it's creating so much momentum and so i'm starting to get that feeling of like ooh, what's going to happen next and you may remember that from your hustle time because i know the first five years or so of my career felt like that where it was just like amazing synchronicity after another and i'm like suddenly i'm in new york new york painting with like people i admire and you know getting these the gigs and this and this and then i kind of like found a thing and then i've been mostly mentoring and then you know, my life kind of went into like birthing a baby and the pandemic and a divorce. And suddenly I'm like, where'd those four years go? Yeah. So what fits, what fits now? So it's really cool to hear your perspective. And I definitely want you to come on again. Can I share what you you offered? Because it was so sweet. Oh, yeah, sure. I was gonna say, if you need me at 11 o'clock. Exactly. (laughs) So y'all, she messaged me and she said, Hey, I you know, I just want you to know, I want to support you in this project and I'm a night owl and, you know, to keep up your um, hundred days and not break the streak. If you ever find yourself needing a guest at 11 PM, just, you know, give me a ring. And I was like really touched by that, that I feel really seen, like you understand it's quite an endeavor to try to do an interview every day and, and making yourself available and, yeah. and being willing it to makes a do it. Huge difference. Like you're just starting. I, my, I did one hundred day project and it was a hundred day of rejection. Of um, what? Rejections. Oh, wow. Um, I had um, these little printed collage sheets I wanted to sell. Um, yeah. And I had to get them in store. So I had to call people um, and send cold emails. And it was terrifying. Oh my gosh, um, that's amazing. And I did it. And at the end, it was, I was like, now I can call people. And it's like, not a big deal. So yeah. I, that's what, I can't wait to see what happens at, at the end and during and day 30 and day 60 and all those For things. For me? Uh, yes. Oh, thank you. Well, the, the, the idea of putting yourself out there for rejection 100 days in a row, like, did it work? Yeah, it worked. It, I mean, I, I got over my fear of talking to people and... I got a ton of, um, like, uh, the thing that I was trying to sell got into all the right places, like some amazing folks and, you know, all that kind of, it, it worked. It totally worked. Um, that's amazing. Wow. Uh, it's, uh, cool. 
I yeah. think a lot of us are terrified to ask people, be like, hey, I want to sell this here, or do you want to put, so um, somebody asked, um, what does it mean to do licensing? Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, if I take, here, here, let me grab some weird random thing, here. So I'll take this random image that I made. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will send it to a company. Actually, you can kind of see behind me. Um, so I'll, I'll take the image um, and I send it to my, in my case, my agent, or you can send it directly to a company. And I know you've done licensing too. Um, a little bit, but it th absolutely thrills me. It's so exciting to see right? it reproduced. I would love to see it. Because then you get to go into a store. Yeah. So you take yeah. your art, you send it to the company, and they basically rent it. Let's mm -hmm. say, like, they might rent it for a year for greeting cards um, um, in the United States. And they mm -hmm. give you money, and then you still have the image, you still have the copyright, and they basically paid. And then you get, let's say, 5% of um, each sale mm -hmm. or, or each gross sale. So, like, behind me, there's greeting cards um, that are licensed. This one was, like, a piece of fabric um, cool. art. I think that one's a framed one through a company called Raz. Um, Amazing. So that's most of my um, – it's a lot of home decor is what I do. So that's cool. My, my big thing right now. Yeah. Thanks for explaining it in a nutshell. And um, I see one more question. It says, does it mean finding non-licensed images? So at the beginning of Karina's interview mm – -hmm. Um, she shared that one of her origins of her art business was finding um, vintage mm -hmm. images that are no longer in copyright. Yep. So, you know, every year a new sort of like year of history is released <laughs> when yep. copyrights expire. That's kind of really oversimplifying mm -hmm. it. But you have a skill as an archivist, and so you'll go through the archives and you'll take these images and then you'll make them available for um, many different uses, likely. Mm -hmm. and probably more than we can get into in this interview. But that's one facet of your licensing business, which is finding old images and, you know, repurposing them. And then the other aspect is creating your own original artwork and licensing it for use or renting it out to companies. It's almost all vintage. Um, mm -hmm. The uh, the do-it-yourself stuff is just keeping me sane, just fun things cool. to make me happy, to put on some music and paint things. Um, yeah. And it's tr tricky and awesome. It's hard to do, which mm -hmm. means it's hard for other folks to do because you um, have to research worldwide copyright. Like I just had one where somebody wanted to use the fabric, um, Narita Hansen's fabric. Um, they wanted to license, she's um, in Australia. Mm -hmm. Sorry, and the artist was, lived in the United States, but from like Romania or something. I don't know. There was like mm. 10 different layers of yeah. where the artist was from, where it was going to be sold, where, you know, yeah. so um, it's fun for me. I, I, that's why I always say like, if whenever I go to a new city, yeah, I go to the archives and the libraries. Yeah. And for somebody that would be horrific. Like that would be like the worst vacation ever. And I'm like super happy. <laughs> so like, if you can find the thing that yeah. you do when you go on vacation, you're like, well, on vacation, I go to like botanical gardens or whatever. Like that would be super not my thing. But for yeah. somebody else, they want to paint flowers. And I do that, right? I studied botany. I love plants, and I love talking to people. When I go on vacation, I make like ten new friends. So some aspect of my art career needs to just be talking to people. 
you know, there you professionally. Go. Yeah. Um, but I love that you have that skill. And then I always think of us all like, in this community, like, what do we, what do we contribute, you know, as, as to the collective, like, zeitgeist of art making right now in 2023. And like, you're, you're able to get like repurpose all these images, um, give them new life. And, and then they'll they can like, be born them, like, I'll go to an archive, and they'll pull out this box that's like super like dusty and falling apart. And you look at the little tag and it hasn't been checked out since like 1943. You're like, nobody has looked in this box in almost a hundred years. And then oh you open God. it up and then inside there's just like these little like lithographs yeah. that were like hand printed, like, you know, oh hundred years before that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so for me, love that, like I love the treasures. Um, friend who works at the Oregon Historical mm -hmm. Society I and mean, you may know each other because it's such a small town but um it sounds like that I want to put you in touch um yeah oh I've been asking for like vintage swimmers oh, or vintage dive yeah. uh, yep. imagery you'll start to hopefully see it come out in the paintings oh. soon okay my dear let's wrap up this yep. interview I'll see you back in the zoom room to debrief a little bit and for those of you who are listening now or in the future Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming to the Art Friends Show. My name is Mika. I also go by Anna Mika. Um, I live in Portland, Oregon. This is Karina. I'm so sorry, but I need to actually no, look. Karina Buckles. Karina Buckles. We okay. just met. We just met here on the show, but we actually live across the river from each other in Portland, Oregon. So thank you, Karina. Yes, thank you. Yo. Thanks for having me. You were watching too. All right. And if you want to come on the show and you're an artist, you can book at the link in my profile. See you tomorrow. Bye. I'd love to have you inside of Art Friends School, where we go deeper into these topics. Follow the link that's in the show notes or find it on my website at onamika.com.